to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. And we've got a big old episode today. A pretty great episode of Adventure Time to talk about. Yeah, sorry for being late. Uh, we've had some issues. Yeah, if you're in the future, <laughs> we usually we tend to release these on a weekly cadence. It's been a little bit uh, further than that because of scheduling. But here we are. We're doing it on Friday night. Friday nights for the longest stretch of the beginning of Adventure Guys was our night during quarantine. It was a really great Friday night ritual like when the world was completely shut down. Yeah, but now the world is happening again a little bit. Uh, I, I know this at least in the sense that the Long Island Railroad was fucking terrible coming into <laughs> Brooklyn today. Yeah. <laughs> On a Friday night, like everyone leaving Long Island to go into the city. It was happening. Ugh. Fucking, I, I, I realize now yeah. that I was that person that I fucking hate because like you were doing 15 it 15 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I it is happening again. The world, it is February 18th when we're recording this. Last weekend, I went to a friend's birthday, and as I was coming home, people were just spilling out of bars. I saw like 10 people outside of one just smoking cigarettes. I was like, well, all right, New York is <laughs> happening again. People are, people are out and about. Um, yeah, man, it's been it's been a wild ten days since I last saw you. Yeah, I've got a tour coming up. That's confirmed. That's happening. I'm going yeah, on, going yeah, on tell, a real tour. Tell people about that. I'm sure you, maybe there's an adventure head out there that's going to find you. Yeah, I'm playing keyboards with Crazy and the Brains. Uh, it's like a cool garage punk band from here in New York. We're going on tour with the Tossers in March, and we're playing like the Midwest and Northeast. So those dates are going to be on the internet. Hell yeah. Go, go see our friend Eric here. I'm going to get to the Brooklyn show. Yeah, it'll be fun. I don't usually play keyboards, so it's going to be interesting. Ah, uh, you can do it. <laughs> I've heard them on your recordings. We all have. In the intro to this song, there's some keyboards. I mean, this podcast. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That'll be fun, buddy. Um, I have an announcement to make that my arm isn't that numb anymore. That's th- that's the real reason we had to take a hiatus. <laughs> Not really, but... Nick needed emergency medical attention for his numb arm. Well, I talked about it on the podcast, and I kind of forgot I did, and two people did reach out to me and said, dude, is your arm okay? <laughs> Which made me feel nice that a couple friends do listen to the podcast on a regular basis. Uh, thank you, Blake and Dan, <laughs> Marvin. Uh yeah, it was my arm was numb after I did a run. If you missed that, I I did a run. I don't know how y'all run, Eric. Are you a runner? Occasionally, occasionally trying to get back into it. I hold my phone or I start holding my phone in my left hand because otherwise it's like jingling around in my pocket. I want to get one of those armbands. Yeah, well, I just ordered. It's right around here somewhere. Uh, a belt that you can put on and put your phone into the belt. Um, kind of like a really really small fanny pack, like slim. Uh, but anyway. I was holding it because I didn't have one of those and it was 19 degrees out. Oh. I ran four and a half miles, like 45 minutes or something. And uh, my whole forearm and hand were numb. And I was like, it must be because it's cold outside. So I stopped for a little bit. Uh, I was listening to the Always Sunny podcast, which is very good. Um, and then I ran home and my still arm, still numb. Next day, a little numb. Third day after Friday was getting numb and it was getting number throughout the day. I was like, all right, I got to go. I went to an urgent care and I was like, cause like people were telling me, I know Eric, we talked about, it. you were like, I would have waited that out. 
Other people were telling me it's probably fine, but I was like, I'm just going to go anyway. Because you hear those stories about people who are like, you know, something was off and I went to the doctor. and Thank God I did because I caught this thing early and they were able to like, you know, save my life. I was like, I, I can't have the opposite of that story on my hands. So I went and then they were like, yeah, it's probably nothing, but go to the ER. I went to the ER. They were like, it's probably compressed nerve, whatever. Um, so I, f- I scheduled a follow-up physical um, and my doctor was like, you're probably okay. And I was like, if I run or play guitar, I'm not going to screw my arm. They're like, nah, it's cool. So I did it. And then um, I was telling you, I went to a neurologist to see what was going on. Cause everyone was like, this is probably like a pinched or compressed nerve. And I went to NYU Langone. I saw this doctor, Dr. Dr. Neophytites. He was an old, I think it's a Greek. That's a Greek name, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, dude's like in his seventies. And, uh, he comes in and he, I had, first of all, I had like a, um, a nurse. So my left arm's been numb, right? Like that's the, that's why I'm going. I tell her this. She's like, cool. She, she, she's like going to do my blood pressure, but my arm's been feeling better. She does it on my left arm. And I forgot that because it, it, it like cuts off your circulation when it's checking your blood pressure, thus causing, coming, causing a little bit of numbness in your arm. So she did it on my left arm causing some numbness. I'm like, and it kind of freaked me out. And I was just like, Hey, why are we doing this on my left arm? I just told you the reason I'm here is because my left arm goes numb. She goes, Oh, I don't know. I I, I shouldn't have done that. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you're not, not paying attention to details. I should have said something, but I was also like, this is good. My left arm's better. Maybe I can do it. Um, maybe it's good to get the blood pressure for my left arm. I don't know. Um, and, um, also the, what was freaking me out going into this nerve visit is that I was telling Eric, this is very embarrassing, but both of my thumbs are like sore from overuse because I'm on my phone all the time. <laughs> Tons of TikTok. And also I'm like work's been crazy and I've been texting a lot. This has ever happened to you. It's like it's funny and it's also sad and it sucks like all at the same time. <laughs> it's, I I've I, never I've never had that issue just because of using my phone. I, I yeah, and I've been trying to stop, but like you, it's kind of hard in today's day and age to just like completely be like, I'm not using my phone. Um, yeah. So he did it. And then he was funny. The guy was like checking out my nerves and like, was like, I'm going to check all your reflexes and was like doing the thing. Like I haven't had a doctor do this to me since I was a little kid, but like, you know, take that, like that, like mallet and just like bash your knee and see what your reflexes are like. I was like, ah, and he was just like, you don't have good reflexes. And I was like, <laughs> he said that. Yeah. He's like, okay. And then he's like, push down your hands. Now pull up now push on my hands. And he's like, now I'm going to push. He's like, why aren't you like pushing harder? I'm like, I-, I don't want to, I don't know. I'm not used to just like pushing another man. Like, <laughs> and, he, and he was like, like putting his hands, like looking into my eyes with like, with the, I was like, I feel like I'm in a doctor's visit from like 1940. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then they did this like test where they, I'm going real long way about this, where they put like electrodes all over my hand and then they were like testing. They would like shock me. So they would like put it on like one muscle, shock me and make sure I had like a proper twitch. It was like, it was weird. Electroshock therapy. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> they were trying to shock away the gay. <laughs> Out of this left hand. Yeah. They're like, before it creeps up and takes over the body, we must shock it out of you. That's what they did in the 1940s. <laughs> I'm, pretty, then, I'm pretty sure they did that fairly recently, like maybe within our lifetimes that was still happening. For gay people, yeah. There is electroshock therapy still happening for certain 
ailments. I don't know enough to about it to speak on it. I think it's bad. I think it's just torture is what it is. I think so too. Um, I don't know enough about it to really dive into this, but um, <laughs> this is the, so. Then they did this other thing. This thing was weird, and th- I was telling you about it. They took like a needle and put it in my arm in like seven places, and they would, and it was hooked up to this Windows ninety eight computer, and as they put it in, it was like taking sound and putting the sound out and recording the sound, kind of like an ultrasound, I guess. And they put the put the needle in and then they'd wiggle it around looking, I think, for the nerve. And then there'd be like a like, OK, we found the nerve. Then they'd ask me to exert effort and it would cause this screeching distortion noise. I'm just like, like, lift up your arm. And I was just like, guys, this is very concerning that you're like recording the electricity in my arm. You like, need to get those wave files. I know. <laughs> make it into a song yeah can you contact them and be like hey can i have a copy of that that's a good question i that should be part of my medical records right it should have been recorded i guess yeah someone called they were in my palm and someone called my phone on the right and i was like is this screwing up the uh hand <laughs> wave files <laughs> or whatever you're doing you take your phone call through the electric needles in your hand yeah <laughs> Now, and it was freaking me out and then they finished and then like the seven-year-old doctor was like having trouble finding the files. He's like, where did they go? And they were like, no, you, you got to go into the save as folder. No, no, no. They were like, it's it's one folder deeper. And I was like, if these guys lost my hand wave files. <laughs> but anyway, they told me I have, uh, I have really uh, young nerves. So that was nice to hear. <laughs> now, once I get over this carpal tunnel, I'll be swimming. Great. That's the arm update that no one asked for. Well, two people asked for. I hope out there, I will say, when you go through this stuff and your your health is like thrown into jeopardy, it I don't know, it just like reframes things a little bit. And it makes you appreciate your body. So appreciate your health when you have it and don't, you know, wait for something weird to happen. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. What else do we have to talk about, Eric? Oh, I don't know. Portugal Demand's got some shit happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. What Me Worry is the name of their new single. Um, I'm working on that campaign. If you have, I, I haven't probably talked about this in like 60 episodes, but I work at Atlantic Records. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe 70 episodes. <laughs> Yeah, Portugal the Man is definitely benefiting from the free advertising we're giving them on Adventure Guides podcast. Yeah, this is the second or third time we've mentioned it. We should uh see the see the streaming bump on <laughs> on Spotify. You're welcome, guys. I'm doing my marketing job. Yeah, they should cut us in on that. Yeah. Hey, cut. you I mean, you're their marketing. Can you just like hire us as an advertiser? Is that collusion? Can I do that? Can I hire myself? <laughs> I don't know the ethics of that. It's the music industry. There are no ethics. There are no ethics. (laughs) By God, you're right. This might be the best uh, scheme you've ever done. This episode of Adventure Guys is brought to you exclusively by Portugal the Man. (laughs) Nick, where did our marketing budget go? I haven't like seen any ads on the internet. Oh, it's out there. Trust me. (laughs) They're like, oh no. They're like, you spent... $20,000 $20,000 on internet advertising and I haven't seen one ad. <laughs> no, I figured out like where the audience is and I invested smartly. 
Okay. Yeah, we're we're recording this episode of our podcast from fucking uh, Abbey Road Studios. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is this $50,000 in podcast production? <laughs> well, we couldn't make the podcast that we put the, like in New York. We had to fly <laughs> yeah. to Abbey Road. We needed the uh, that fucking warmth from the, the Neve 80 whatever console. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'd be funny to like, <laughs> we fly all the way there and then like we're just still recording it on this like beta 58. <laughs> Like on my straight into my computer, like not even running it through everything. We're just like in there. People must do that these days. Just to be in the room. Just to be in the room. Yeah. yeah. The Beatles were here. Was... Pink Floyd was there. I mean, I would like to go. I don't. Th- I don't really give a shit, honestly. I... I would like to go just to be disrespectful of this space. <laughs> you know, um, I would like to go and just fucking see it but i you know I, I don't i doubt the beatles were like this is a magical space the beatles were just like this is the adequate space at our availability to make and record these songs yeah they you know do you, do you watch get back no dude it's one of the best movies i've ever seen really yeah okay <laughs> It's incredible. I mean, I I love the Beatles. They're the, they're the best band that's ever existed and will ever exist in my mind. Um, so okay, so that's I mean that's where I am on on the matter. And then the the documentary just proves that they are actually that fucking cool. Um, and just and when I say that cool, meaning that they're not like pretentious uh, dick bags. They were more just a bunch of people who were like having fun and trying to figure out how to make something cool. And what they ended up making was just really good. Um, but there's not like an air in there where they're like, we are making our art. You know what I mean? Like they're like having fun and just trying to make good shit. It's like their, 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 uh, their thought process and the way they're approaching it is just so endearing. You might ha- find something to like out of it, even if they're not your cup of tea. I mean, I like the Beatles. I just don't care all that much. Well, <laughs> If that is your mindset going into the dock, I can't say that you're going to uh, simply fall in love. I mean, it is, what, seven, six and a half hours long or something, so... Yeah, that's that's a lot of investment for someone who just likes the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I know. It, it seems that there's, like, multiple camps of people who have watched that thing. Like, if you like the Beatles but you're not a music nerd or you're not, like, really want to know more... You might be bored by it. If you just kind of like the Beatles, this isn't for you. But if you do like, if you do love the Beatles, there's a, there's a bunch of us out there that are like, it was six hours is great. I would love the 11, 12 hour cut. Like just the whole, the whole thing. Um, now I have watched the horse, the band earth tour. <laughs> right. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Not made by Peter Jackson. <laughs> And not the Beatles, but it is Horse the Band. So you get the you get the appeal of of a band making of there being a insanely long documentary about yeah a band and how it could be good. I have participated in the in the culture at least once before. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to see Portugal the Man. They're touring with Alt J and uh, 
Sir Chloe. This is a great band I work with too. Is opening. Yeah, I'm a marketing director at Atlantic Records. Um, I'm glad that we do a podcast on Adventure Time because it's like it's it is nice to not to to come from work and then just talk about cartoons. I will say, <laughs> although I mean we talk about music all the time. That's what most. I think that's the. Uh, the, the 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 access right of being into this podcast yeah i so somebody asked me what my podcast was about recently yeah. and i was just like oh, i don't know if i have like the the energy to really get into this conversation right now <laughs> so i told like they know i'm a musician yeah. so i was like yeah it's a music podcast and and they asked some follow-up questions so i'm like well yeah i mean like we kind of center it on the cartoon adventure time but like we talk about music yeah and they're like oh adventure time i love that show and i was like oh okay i wasn't expecting this now but right the <laughs> music angle is an easier slide yeah it's like an easier like it's an easier method to avoid a real conversation <laughs> yeah everyone's got a music podcast who the fuck cares who cares that's why i lead with adventure i have an adventure time podcast i was like and it's they're like, what's that? I'm like, it's the greatest cartoon ever. Yeah, I'm just I'm really jaded about people asking me specific questions about my life because it's usually, what kind of music do you play? <laughs> then I have to, then I have to figure out if this is if this person's worthy of me explaining what ska is to them. <laughs> worthy, like it's some sort of knowledge from the gods which which you are to bestow upon them. It's like my fucking Uber driver doesn't need to hear what you know ska music is. But I can't get into a fucking Uber with my guitar without well, now, like going down that road. Look, now, quote, being worthy, I think, I know what you're saying. It is a weird thing, especially as you get older, when you do find yourself. It's not, it's not that they're not worthy of knowing, like they're a lesser person or something. But you're kind of like, is it worth the effort for in this scenario to really fucking go into something deep about my life like to properly go into it and it's well yeah because a lot of times it's like i don't think so <laughs> i have the answer to your question and if it was as simple as that then it'd be fine yeah but i know that there are going to be follow-up questions because the question that you asked is not one that you're prepared to hear the answer for <laughs> yeah you ever... so i don't mind the question it's the follow-up question series that right it actually is funny you talk about Uber drivers because I think that's a really common one. Sometimes coworkers too, where they ask you a seemingly innocuous question, but the answer is loaded and is deeper than your like. Well, you don't know the question right. you it's just like, asked. Do I lie to you and just give you a simple fuck off answer, or do I just answer the question that you ask me and then let the chaos ensue? Well, here's the back you up though. Sometimes people will ask me a question. There's a guy I used to work with, we'll name him, would at, would come in and ask me something like, oh, dude, how was your weekend? Oh, you know, I went home. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're from Jersey? Yeah, like, what did you do? How was home? And then I go and I, I go and I give maybe just two details and I see the light in his eyes just turn off like Oh, he's now tuned out. Like he's looking <laughs> around my office. Like I'm like, dude, what are you looking at? You just asked me a question. He's like looking around at all the walls and like looking at his phone. I'm like, you walked in and engaged me. <laughs> and now I'm giving you like, I'm not just giving you bull. I'm like properly engaging with you, dude. And now you're fucking off. <laughs> like, uh, -uh I don't like that. 
people need to do that. And that, I think that is one of the things that has turned me off where I'm like, well, people will ask me, especially about the podcast. People will be like, what's it about? And I'm like, okay, I've got to really lay this out in two sentences in a really efficient way. Because if I go too deep in detail, they will tune out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, it, I, I guess you work with people that are somewhat like-minded. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a day job situation like that mm-hmm. because my real job is going on tour, which means any day job I have is just fucking shitty and generic and whatever. So any person that tries to make small con- small talk with me is, I, I know, like just so far removed from, I would, I would never see that person yeah. in my regular, in my actual life. So I, yeah. I have I have very very little tolerance for small talk. Mm-hmm. And if people just do that out of habit, it's like I, I feel the existential back and forth of do I answer the question yeah. honestly? Like even succinctly. Yeah. And do I just like am I just true to myself and just like answer their question? Mm-hmm. But I know I know from experience that the answer is going to cause more issues. <laughs> what is ska? How do you spell that? <laughs> do you know the band Sublime? No. Well, then what the fuck are we even here for? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That, that's usually what... that. Okay. If I am forced to go down the follow-up question road... Yeah. What is Ska? Like, do you know the band Sublime? That's That's usually my go-to. And then they'll say no to that. I'm just like, this is so fucking pointless. <laughs> yeah. Not... That's not even... I would never want to talk about Sublime ever. Yeah. <laughs> Under any circumstance, I don't want to talk about Sublime. Me bringing them up is not a good sign. <laughs> it's to help you. <laughs> and they still don't know who Sublime is. That's crazy. Uh, um, I will say my trepidation on when it comes to the podcast and explaining it to people when they ask me about my podcast is a follow-up conversation that could ensue. When I say it's about a cartoon. Now, I'm 32 years old, um, which means I'm probably talking to somebody else in a a general um, age bracket, which is a lot of them have not watched cartoons in a while. And what I don't want is to have the dreaded, oh, but remember when cartoons were good? Like, (laughs) cartoons used to be so good. Like, remember, like... Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy, like those were like crazy, man. Like those were insane. Did you put, did you watch Cartoon Network? Did you watch like Ed and Eddie? Dude, that was crazy. Or what about, what about Powerpuff Girl? And you just like, it's going down the nostalgia rabbit hole. And I'm just like, I don't want to have that conversation. No, yeah. That's not a car. I like those shows too. But guess what? Cartoons kept going and they kept getting better. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if I'm giving you a hot take there, but. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I don't really want to do that. Or their eyes glaze over and be like, yeah, I don't know what those cartoons are. I don't know. I I hear the trepidation. Yeah. I just know. I just, I'm also, um, you don't like small talk. I'm not a big nostalgia guy because, um, I've never been. And they all, a lot of nostalgia conversations are, are, are very similar and they're just naming things, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which can be fun, especially if you, if it's something you truly haven't thought about in a long time and you say it and it, and a, and a wave of memory hits you like that is valuable. But I just feel like 
since the current media landscape is just milking nostalgia um like it's a like it's a cow and i'm just so bored of it i it's like somebody would be like you know yeah but dude remember like taking back sunday i'm like yeah like <laughs> people fucking bring it up all the time <laughs> it's like yeah i do yeah i this is a good song too i don't i don't we don't need to talk about that anymore like that's to me it's a dead i'm just i just wonder like they announced that we were young when we were young festival oh right um which i'm not against i've you know look i've I've seen Taking Back Sunday. I'm like, I'm, I'm into, I'm not against nostalgia. I just wondering how long can we market the same nostalgia before that needs to be phased out and we need more time off. I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That that was a rough couple of days when that, when we were young fest was announced. Yeah. Just seeing the flyer everywhere and then seeing the the flyer parodies everywhere. I ultimately think it's kind of bad. (laughs) But not bad enough to like have a strong opinion about. I don't have a strong opinion about. It. I want people to have fun and see music they like with their friends, and that's great. And all the bands are going to make money because they're instead of it just being one uh, weekend festival like a bamboozle or whatever. It's they're getting people. It's four days right now. And is pe- it that long? It well get this. So Eric, like all those bands are playing four times, four days in a row. So, what? Yeah. So instead of just selling one weekend pass, like Coachella or whatever, they're do like tickets are like $400, or $300 and they, they sold out each day. So they like quadrupled their profits. Everyone's getting paid way more. You won't be able to see all the bands. You'll see like six bands and there's a hundred bands playing. Um, and they're going to play for 20 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be, but it's going to be a warp door. Like was really, um, just, I don't know how it, it, I don't know, you know, it's going to be crazy and I don't, they're going to have to lay that shit out real well. Um, I'm just, you know, I mean, look, we talk about shit we, we used to like, and I, I hold on to a lot of that. It's really important to me. Um, I just, it's, you know what I mean? It's just like, how many times can we remake Spider-Man? Um, I guess they do it in new ways and cast new people. So there is new, but it's just like, did you see the new Spider-Man? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's total nostalgia fest. Right? <laughs> I mean, I fucking loved it, but yeah, <laughs> it's that's kind of like the peak example. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's like that. That is a good example. But I guess I'm just. I mean, like, there's uh, emo night Brooklyn, which I've been to before, but it's like they do it every month, isn't it? Wait, it's just a DJ night, though, right? Mm-hmm. But they do it every month. Um, <laughs> but but they do it every month, and then other people do it every month in every other city, and I guess. And then, you know, taking back Sunday, just tours doing the greatest hits and touring with somebody new every, I just wonder, I guess like classic rock bands have been doing this for forever, but it is interesting to be like, man, there's, are there people going to see that like every month? Are there people going to see taking back Sunday twice a year still? Like, I guess maybe that's a nostalgia that didn't leave you. And I'm not judging. I just, for me, I do a nostalgia thing like a couple times and it, it does the the deed or I go through like a month of being really into whatever that nostalgia was. But like, I don't know. Yeah. Remember when we talked about follow Troy? Oh yeah. Hey, play the follow Troy theme song. Oh yeah.
Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think that was enough, like, high school, metalcore, weird, equal vision kind of shit to last me for the next 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I, I'm i also full bullshit sometimes. I, I, uh, I get into a nostalgia. I get something I used to love and just do it all the fucking time. I mean, got that Mars Volta box set right behind you. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's why I'm not hating. Was it? it was there something about the Mars Volta doing shows again or something or doing another record or something? Did I see see something like that? Not really. They've said that they said they're going to get back together. Um, Ike Owens tragically passed, so and he yeah. so it'll never be like the full thing. So <clears throat> that's a bummer. So who knows? But they said they're going to do a record, but there's been nothing uh, announced. <clears throat> but that's some nostalgia it's, I can always yeah. get to. John Frusciante exists again, so. Yeah. Did you hear that new Chili Peppers song? Yeah, I did. I made it halfway through, and I was like, I I literally do not have the stamina to last another minute and a half right now. I Wow. It's, I did not <laughs> hate it so much, um, but somebody, I was talking to somebody about it, and they were like, there's no hook. <laughs> there's no melody. And I was like, oh, yeah. And like the Chili Peppers, for all their um, faults, there's usually like some sort of like nugget or like earworm like even if it's just an anthony kiedis gibberish rumbling into stumping in i take my time <laughs> or like a or like a or like a guitar lick like they always they're good for there's some sort of like idiosyncratic like chili peppers like thing uh love it or hate it but this one didn't really have it did you see the video for it yeah i was watching the video yeah and i couldn't i couldn't make it all the way through yeah i saw a really good take on the video that guy I love, um, who does uh, what makes this song stink? Oh, did he do one? He did. Uh, well, he's doing it. He's doing a Danny California video, which I think is gonna. It's. He said it's like a. It's an epic one. It's maybe like forty five minutes. Dude, that guy's hilarious. Pat, What's his name? Pat Finnerty. Oh man, he was so good. His his Weezer video. Yeah. Like he for, he's so Philadelphia. That guy. Yeah, go go. I, watch. I, didn't, I didn't know he was from Philadelphia until like I just saw anything in his video. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's so recognizably Philly. It, this guy's making some of the best internet content I've found in the past year. Pat Finnerty, he's a guitar player. Um, he's played with like Sun Little and Strand of Oaks. He's like a Philly lifer guitar guy. And if you if you know Rick Beato, if you if you're into us and you're on YouTube, he's probably just been in your suggesteds. Oh, Rick Beato. And uh he, he does what makes the song great and he like plays along talks about exit so he did this guy pat fairney did what makes this song stink um and the first one he did he did like a kid rock song and like uh i forget what the other one was like um and like like hinder or something i forget what it was it's either one of those bands and the third one he did was um was weezer and he did uh beverly hills yeah but the thing about the weezer one was which is like it it it's so great it's like an hour long but it's like really him reckoning with like going from being a, an adolescent to an adult it's like it's oddly like heartfelt <laughs> yeah. and 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 like and and dealing with his own maturity issues more so than the band it's like really pretty incredible it's both analytical and introspective at levels that were totally unexpected yeah go watch it but he but he did a he he was like i'm finishing the Danny california video i gotta talk about this new chili pepper song because <laughs> anthony Keyes, they don't know sometimes he sings in an irish accent 
Yeah, like his R's are so strange. I was like, what's happening here? So I barely remember anything. I I tried to block it out of my mind, I guess. It seems like the guitar part, like it's just John Frusciante just strumming bar chords. And is there there like some out of key chord where it's just like he's playing like a major chord in in a place where it should be a minor chord or something? And it like, I can't. Is it? Am I remembering that correctly? Maybe I can't remember either. He does some like you know trilling, like Hendrixy stuff, and there's his. It's probably like a Leslie effect on the guitar. I forget exactly. But Pat Fernie's take was really funny. He was like, "They're going on tour this summer." I don't know if you saw. They announced this like stadium tour, and the the openers rule. It's like Thundercat and Heim, and like all really? these great bands are opening for the Chili Peppers on tour. And they've <laughs> always hilarious to go see a Chili Peppers like arena tour and then leave for when the headliner gets on. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've historically always taken out really good openers, like whenever they, uh, whenever they tour, like it's, it's like outrageous, the people that they have always taken tour because they obviously have like good taste. It's just the execution might be less than, you know, um, tasteful one might say, uh, but that's okay. Um, cause they're, they're fun. Um, I'm pulling up the openers. Okay. Yeah, ASAP Rocky, Anderson Pock, Thundercat, Heim, The Strokes, Beck, St. Vincent. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's gonna be a good tour. Um, yeah, if you go see him at MetLife, it's Thundercat and the Strokes opening. Like it'll be fun, but um Damn. But he was talking about in the video, he's like, this thing's an ad for the video. He's like, Frushante's back in the band. There he is. He's doing his thing. That's great. He's he's, he's trying. He goes like, There's Kitas. He's like, Give me another minute before that shirt comes off. And then it does. And they're like, <laughs> And there's Flea doing his thing. Oh, <laughs> Chad with the backwards hat. They were kind of like, don't worry. The Chili Peppers are still here. They still look good. They still look, they're going to do the same shit. Like, just come see the tour. It, yeah. I mean, like, I think there's the promise of that when the video starts and it just becomes so underwhelming. I think, I think it's because y- y- the song opens up with the guitar stuff and it's like, oh shit, John Frusciante is back in the band. Which is exciting. Okay. But he does something that's like so lame com- yeah. compared to like his earlier output. You're, you're like, like it starts off with the guitar shit and you're like, is this the new Under the Bridge? Like yeah. from fucking 30 years later? And it's absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you pull up the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> see how long we can let Let's watch. Let's pull up the video. I think it's called Black Summer. Yeah. Yeah, Black Summer. You know, look at the the thumbnail is them playing on clearly a soundstage with the green screen and just like this like sunset in the back. Is CGI. It, hey, hold on, let me. Is it a green screen? Do you think they they probably have the budget for one of those they, new LED stages? Oh, you're right. Like they filmed the Mandalorian and yeah. one of those. Oh, see, okay, Kitas. Kitas has a uh, kimono on and he's doing karate moves. He looks like Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like he comes out, look at him, wait, wait, wait. boom, boom, with the hands. Ooh, little tasty flea moment. That's fine, dude. His mustache is crazy. He definitely dyes that mustache, right? I don't know. It's it matches his hair perfectly. I know. That's why I think it's dyed. Maybe. 
But like, Kiedis, I mean, Flea is full on white haired. Yeah. That whole progression just seems so generic, like rock guitar player not thinking about the chords. It's like generic Chili Peppers. Yeah. It's like there's a couple major chords that like maybe should have been minor, but it's like, it doesn't sound wrong. It just sounds like something a fucking guitar player would do not thinking about it. Especially our generation of guitar player. Like kids who grew up playing guitar in like the year 1999, 2000. Yeah. Oh, there goes the shirt. Oh, there's a... That's not diatonic. Was that a was that a subtonic chord? Was that a a, a seven? You were just talking about how that could uh, be a good substitute for the dominant, right? Yeah, I think that's what, what they were doing. Yeah, that was an off-air convo. It's, I don't. Yeah, I don't like that. It's not bad, but it's just sort of sounds just sort of like a phoned-in generic Chili Peppers. Right. It's like it almost has that. Um, that Pickardy third effect that it's like so overused where it's just like, Oh, it's major. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta pick and choose the moment or it's got, it should happen like once or something yeah. to really set you soaring. Um, it's not a bad song, but it is certainly not one that I'm like going to return to. And yeah, I mean, for it's just hard for like, for Shante coming back, all the lore, you gotta, you know, I like that it's a guitar-driven track, uh, yes. but I do wish that it... I don't know. It, look, I've been a Chili Peppers hater in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I'm off that ledge now because I'm like, you know what? You get older, let people, let people have their fun. And Frusciante is, I mean, a good guitar player. You can't deny that. Flea's a good bass player. Um, I mean, the first record I learned to play front to back was Californication. Really? Yeah. On bass? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it, that's that's also it. Um, I, I've heard them describe as uh, music for children, which I think is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like music for fifth graders. <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You never heard, Does that make sense to you? I was in fifth grade when that record came out. Me too. That's why I remember that. I feel like when people like, you know, people love blood, sugar, sex, magic, you were probably like sixth grade and you loved it. And music that does get in there to circle back to the nostalgia conversation does kind of really stick around, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'd go see it. I, I do have mad respect for, for Fushante and for the organization, I guess. But, uh, He's made some cool, some cool fucked up solo records. He did play in the Mar- in the Mars Volta for for years. Um, I I like his oddball weirdo vibe. <laughs> yeah, I we might have talked about this. Do you see see that uh, that like interview they did on some TV show in the nineties that was super fucked up and they're like <laughs> sexually assaulting that woman like on camera. Oh. You told me about it. I don't know if I had if I actually like had the nerve to watch it. Yeah, it's really weird. Then there's like the whole Anthony Kiedis with like young girls kind of thing. Yeah, he wrote about it in his book. Yeah. 
Yeah, he he did not have a traditional life, uh, Tony. <laughs> I'm kind of given everything that I've learned about the band and how uninteresting their music continues to be. The more of it they make, mm-hmm. I'm kind of over it. Yeah, they could be a. Re- I mean, what they could be, and what I would hope they are for most people is like a really good gateway band. Because, like, if you get into them, it could splinter you off into lots of cool music. Yeah, I mean, that is what happened when I was 12. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what I'm saying. Like, I think in their their utility as a musical outfit, that is what it is. <laughs> it's like it appeals to you and it's primal and it's really fun. And then you're like, oh, wait, I need to check out Parliament Funkadelic. OK, <laughs> like I'll do that. And then all of a sudden you're like you're you're off, you know, Um yeah, I guess I don't know if we'll you'll be listening to that album when it comes. But no, no, I we didn't even make it through the first chorus right now. No, that I, was, I I still haven't made it all the way through this song. Not a good sign if you stop a song mid-chorus. <laughs> not a good sign. What? It's yeah, not, how many views does this have? Seventeen million. Yeah. I wonder how many of them lasted all the way. Yeah. How long is this song? Not even four minutes, but three close. minutes fifty three seconds. Yeah. We read that chili peppers. Okay. Well, that was fun to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big songs. All right. Um, you know, we've bullshitted in for a long time. Should we talk about this really exciting, pivotal episode? Not pivotal, but like great episode of Adventure Time. Let's do it. Episode discussion. So we watched season four, episode 15, Sons of Mars. Yeah. Um, wow. Where to begin with this episode? I think it's important to say for us, Eric, I think this is our first Magic Man yeah. I you know, I think a while back we were trying to think of characters that are semi regular at least that we hadn't touched upon yet. Yeah. Magic Man might be the last one. Mm-hmm. Seventy five episodes and we finally got to Magic Man. Yeah. We did one Prismo episode, right? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well here we are with Magic Man. And boy, um, you know, you can't watch a Magic Man episode um, without quoting Finn the Human and say, what is your deal, Magic Man? <laughs> this dude's fucked up. I think that the, the interesting thing about Magic Man, it's vo- he's voiced by Tom Kenny. Um, yeah. And I feel like the way Tom Kenny plays Magic Man, the character design, his physicality, it's it's like funny and endearing and really doesn't show the true insanity and borderline evil within the character. It, it does a great job at bringing the total sociopathy down to just being dickish. Yes. (laughs) You think he's dickish. I would say, um, he, he is a psychopath or sociopath. Like in this episode, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I googled, I googled, 
because I was like, how are we going to characterize him? Is, is he a psychopath or is he a sociopath? Are you going to Google theme song? Yeah, play the Google theme song. You just Googled sociopath versus psychopath. I can. St- <laughs> well, I, I I didn't want to talk out of turn um, or uneducated when I talk about Magic Man. Um, you know, I mean, he might be more of a sociopath because it's clear it's clear in this episode that he was in love at some point, right? Yeah. Um. Also, he also you know here they're saying like. A sociopath makes it clear they don't care how others feel, and a psychopath pretends to care. He does not pretend at all. He just is, has no regard for other people. Right. Also, are these like what website are you on? I I I was under the impression that sociopath and psychopath are not exactly clinically separate terms. Okay. Like they're sort of colloquially interchangeable. If anyone out there is a a professional and wants to hit us at did you see the mail at gmail.com, I'm willing to learn and be wrong. Uh I feel like, I feel like I'm this is some Joe Rogan shit we're doing right now, Eric. <laughs> we're like Hey, d- by the way, did we win? Are we on Spotify and Joe Rogan's not? I he's still on Spotify. No, I thought they took him down. No, 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 they didn't. That would have been too big of news. He's still on. Hey, there he is. Oh, then Okay, just kidding. We're not they on Spotify. They took down episodes. Okay. Eric has been saying for weeks, you get Rogan or you get Adventure Guys, but you don't get both. Um, But here we go. Um, oh, did you see the shit about Neil Young? The old interview resurfacing where he's like super homophobic? N- no, I missed that. Damn yeah. it. Well, because like, now people want to attack Neil Young um, because, you know... That's how the internet works. Sure, sure. Um, and while he's always been, like in my mind, a pretty progressive activist. Yeah, apparently he, he has he, been. Apparently he was like very into Reagan when that was happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with Reaganism, he adopted the very populist homophobia of the time when it came to AIDS and everything. Yeah, this is in 1985, Melody Maker, just saying some really awful shit about AIDS and Gay men. Well, that's disappointing to read. I, I have, we have reason to believe by him taking a stance against Joe Rogan that, and by his recent political activism that you would hope in the f- almost 40 years since that interview, he has grown. Um, but I don't think he's acknowledged it. No. Which is slightly circumspect. So let's hope that he does. Um, he has been on the right side of a lot of things, and I did respect this. I like him just throwing down his money, the, literally his like money where his mouth is on this thing. Uh, Neil Young, um, I'm going to ask you, please, make a statement and clear the air about this. Say you were fucking wrong. Do not go out Eric Clapton on us. We can't. Oh God, we can't handle that. Fucking Eric Clapton. Um. Well, that's disappointing. It was. It was Eric Clapton and Van Morrison that did that song that we watched. Yeah, it's really, really bad. That, yeah, it was so bad. It's such a terrible song. Yeah, like, no, no. Just... That's, let's veer off that topic. 
Um, so Magic Man, um, yeah, Magic Man. Okay, I, Magic Man is Joe Rogan. Is that what we were <laughs> getting at? No. Well, okay. Look, Joe. I mean, <laughs> Magic Man starts the episode um, just being a dick. Just being a dick to a deer. Yeah, which I thought was maybe deserved. Yeah, because we've we just saw in a recent episode the deer are not great. Yeah, fuck deers in Adventure Time. Yeah, we're like, holy shit, this episode's starting with a deer. Um, <laughs> and Magic Man's like kind of doing like a hobo thing where he's like underneath a blanket on a train track. Um, and does he? What does he do to the deer? Does he like knock it out? He okay, so he sees a shooting star in the sky. Yeah. And he, he can't see it clearly enough, so he magics the deer into a telescope. Yes. To, to use to be able to see the shooting star. But after he's done, he just kind of discards the telescope and the deer is left to be, be a, a telescope. telescope for the rest of its life. I don't know. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> Sentient telescope. He didn't need to do that. If he could turn anything into a telescope, he could have just turned a rock into the telescope. <laughs> but yet he like took this living thing and like turned it into a telescope. It's really weird. Um, and it's not a shooting star. It is. Um, glob. Yeah. Glob, grod, grog, grob, bop, glob, blob, whatever they, they're called. Yeah. Com- coming down from Mars to come get Magic Man. Um, it's unclear why they're doing that at this time. Yeah. Magic well, Man was banished, yeah. but they're coming to get him to bring him back to Mars to face trial for his crimes. For his crimes. And I, it, it sounded like, I think it's been 200 years at this point. Um, like we're just seeing like the the moment when his his trial banishment is up, I guess. Yeah. Like it, they, it, basically what it sounds like, if we, we learn this throughout the episode, but putting the pieces together for us right now, Magic Man did a bunch of awful shit on Mars. Like we see him being a dick on Ooh. But he was next level on Mars. Like yeah. some of the things they did, which we find out later from uh, from Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> the first thing to describe is that Magic Man made their shadows come to life and attack them, <laughs> which sounds truly horrifying. <laughs> he, t- he turned all the water into hair and everyone got so thirsty that they had to drink the hair. And when they did, they went bald. Yeah. He did some other spell where people were, all their arms got connected. Like that, like some of that, like, like that's like borderline fucked. Like, I mean, it is, it's not borderline. Like he's like deforming people. It's like human centipede. Like that's just really bad. <laughs> that's how you get done. So they, they banish him to the land of Ooh. What we learn is that he could come back. They gave him a contraption. And if he thought about other people, Right, Eric? He could come back. Like, and it would transport him back to Mars where he's allowed to be. Because the lesson they were trying to teach him was like, Magic Man, you have to care about other people and how your your actions affect other people. That's why I'm asking about the sociopath, <laughs> psychopath thing. Because it's like, they're making it clear he's incapable about caring, caring about others. Now, he flies, he's down there. He's been there for 200 years. He tells Finn that contraption... Oh, that's my magic thing. My brothers gave it to me and said I could come back anytime I wanted. I just had to think about some other people. But it hasn't worked in 200 years. So now he's 200 years incapable about even just like thinking about others, like in a meaningful way, which is really fucked. He is stuck in his ways. 
how many episodes have we seen Magic Man in up until this point? Just one? Like in the the chronology of Adventure Time? Yeah. I can actually look that up right now. I know that the his his introduction episode, whether it's the only one that we've seen him in before this or or he's been in others, but his first episode he doesn't really have an arc and that's kind of the joke of the episode. He's just being a dick and he turns people into other things. And I think at the end, he, he, he asks them like, so what did you learn about this? And the, like the only moral that they gleaned was that magic man is a jerk. Yeah. I, this is, this does look like the second episode he was in the first being freak city. Um, yeah. So it seems like the second episode. So, yeah, so we still don't really know anything about him. So we're learning about his backstory, uh, and he's still a relatively new character. But the only thing we know about him is that he's a jerk. Yeah. And in this, like, he's, like, escalating beyond jerkdom, just going into some serious, like... <laughs> like war crime territory. Yeah. And, like, the first thing he does, so... So, so the... What, what should we call... What should we call it? Grob, gob, glob, grod. Uh, 4Gs. 4G. I don't know what you what we call that, like shorthand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grob, we can say. Um, is coming. And what he does is Finn and Jake are coming up. And we get it. We get, there's so many good quotes in this episode. It's like, I, I wish we had, I could have watched this again and just started writing down all the good quotes because literally like every piece of dialogue or exchange, there's a new great quote. Finn and Jake are walking up the train tracks and uh, holding like a robotic, like a abominable snowman. <laughs> yeah. Unexplained. Unexplained. And Jake just goes, shh. He goes, what? He goes, Right there, that moment, it was just, it was completely silent. <laughs> and Finn was like, whoa, man, you're right. He says, yeah, you know, we get so busy, like, in the things we're doing. Like, we we fail to, like, r- recognize what's happening around us. <laughs> Great aside. And at that moment, Magic Man is barreling down the other, coming at them on the train tracks. And the animation, by the way, when Ma- Magic Man is running down the train tracks, very cool. Yeah. Like, extremely awesome. Uh uh, animation and he runs into them and as grods come down he he tr- transforms himself into jake and he turns from jake into magic man and then he looks at finn and goes shh and throws a rock at his head and knocks him out <laughs> so violent very violent very fucked up um and then they come down they're like magic man it's time for your fucking mars trials yeah yeah so, so yeah they're they're hurtling through the atmosphere. They, there's something that's so quotable, but like so unquotable that they say, like, like they're having a discussion, like the grob, gob, glob, and whoever, what, what the four of them, the four faces of this, this linked being. Um, and then one of them like says, wait, wait, wait what'd you say? And, uh, ne- never mind, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is the point of inserting this line into here? And it it felt to me ripped straight out of the pages of forming. Like yeah. that is such a Jesse Moynihanism. That's needless dialogue of people bullshitting. In a moment of action too. Like it's a moment of pursuit. 
Like there's extreme yes. purpose happening. It's like a high stakes scene yeah. with extremely low stakes dialogue is such a hallmark of Jesse Moynihan. Yeah. And it, it's awesome. It made us <laughs> laugh like yeah. really hard. Um, it's very unexpected to hear something like that. I love it. Um, yeah. It's great call. I forgot about that. Uh, that one. Um, and then they, yes, yeah, so they, they're going to take him back to, to trial and they take him up and he's like, Hey, I'm not, who do you think you're talking to? Cause Jake doesn't realize he's magic man yet. And they take him, they whisk him off before Finn can say something. And then magic man wakes up and this is where magic, this is where you're like, okay, magic man's beyond a jerk and is like really bad. He's like, yeah, then they're going to take your friend up to trial and they're going to kill him. And once they kill him, I'll get all my powers back and I'll be just good as always. <laughs> I'm magic man. He's like, time to go home. And then uh, Jake, tack- I mean, Finn tackles him. He's like, no, dude, like what? <laughs> Fix this. He's like, I can't. Well, I could, but I don't want to because I don't care. <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. I, I, I think Finn is. So Finn tries to like beat, beat it out of him. Uh, but Magic Man floats back to his house with Finn just sort of hanging on. Yeah. Um, but then like Finn gets to his house and is like surprisingly chill about all of it. Like, (laughs) well, I think it's, I think it's, it's clear there. Like he has to get to Mars. What are his options for getting to Mars in an extremely timely fashion? Like magic man's probably his best shot. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, but he's, he's kind of like, this could have been like a total Finn freak out moment. Like, like Finn shrieking all over, Uh um, but instead, he's like asking questions about Magic Man's backstory. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's like trying to get to know him. Yeah, he gets there and he's just like, he's looking around and he's like, how long have you been at this house? What's going on? And it's like, it's overgrown with like plants, but it almost looks like he planted the plants inside of his house. The paint is severely peeling. There's a miniature manicure in a little bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a bunch of other fucked up shit and Finn, another great, oh, he goes, yeah, what's this? And he goes, that's, that's, oh dude. Okay. Okay. I've wrote down multiple quotes from this part. He goes, as they're walking in, Finn goes, how long have you had this house? And magic man just goes, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Finn asks a series of sincere questions, like trying to understand magic man. And every answer that magic man delivers is, either nonsense or total dickish it's just where what's that over there that's where i blow my nose all day <laughs> and it's just mucus on the, on the floor and and finn goes you know i think that this house is a reflection of your sick brain <laughs> that's a, that's that's a that's that's his take on it and honestly probably the correct one <laughs> yeah. um and then he finds a uh a uh, picture and it's like magic man with a female magic man. And he seems to be uh, like, okay, maybe that's like someone who broke his heart or his girlfriend. And at that moment, magic man who still looks like Jake is like, come downstairs. I'll show you my thing, my secret thing. And then to get downstairs, he has to open a trap door. And the way he opens it is he throws his arm into a crevice and breaks his arm (laughs) And that's how you open to get downstairs. And the downstairs, by the way, it's not some insane, like, you know, like high tech lab or like really nice and done up with velvet sofas. It's just, it's still like the plants growing down there. (laughs) 
it's just a continuation of his other room. It's like, oh. But he's like, there it is. There's my secret thing. And it's the thing that if you go on it and you grab its handles and you think about somebody, it'll transport you to Mars. Um, they're like, my brother said that I could come back anytime I wanted, but it doesn't work. So Finn picks up that picture of him and Margles is, is the character. And it, it lingers on it for a couple shots. Like it goes back to Magic Man looking at it and it's back to the, the picture. And you think like this is someone that's so, like somehow important to Magic Man's story. Um, and, you know, later on, like many seasons from now, like they get into it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's impossible to try and ascertain like what what the relationship is. And it's weird because you see Magic Man look at this picture. He, like he, something registers with him, something. And then yet he goes down to this uh, this machine that only works if you think about someone else and he still can't get it to work. Yeah. So there's some weird kind of dissonance there. Right. Like, yeah, his brain is pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's bad. It's, that's, that's why it's clinical. It's not just him being a dick or being selfish. It is like there's something wrong. Yeah. You know? I think like that's like a pretty intentional thing where like the storyboarders like are are giving you an image of magic man with another person and then immediately showing you the mechanism that can be his salvation by thinking about that other person and showing him being unable to do that. Yeah. And there's, and they're back to back scenes. Like here he is with someone and here he is not being able to even think about that person. It's very true. It's, it, it's like a pivotal, like character, uh, detail. Yeah. And it like it, and we don't get development on that detail for a long time. No, but it seems to imply that at one time he had a close relationship with somebody. Like he's a complete loner now living in filth and squalor and like being a madman. But like at some point he did. I mean, what it, it kind of leads you to believe is like he was hurt or something. Something happened. And now he doesn't think about other people anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but that's a really great point, Eric. I didn't think about that. In the back-to-back scenes, the juxtaposing those two things, that's powerful when you say it like that, um, the Magic Man character. Um, yeah, but Finn uh, is able to think about somebody. He, he Yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my best bro, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he just rockets off into space. Um, as he's going up there, he travels through a bunch of junk food floating in space. <laughs> Um, we see Earth, which has a huge, uh, like, bite taken out of it. Like, I have an apple. Yeah. Uh, is this the first time we go into space? Season four? It might be. I think that might be. Was this the first time we get an image of what happened to the Earth from from the outside? I want to say yes, but <laughs> you, you would know better than me. Um, I wonder if I can figure that out on, on this whole... Uh, internet machine um yeah that's because because they do it in like a really subtle way that um it's a quick shot it makes you it makes me think that like this is a treat that they're showing the audience what it looks like for the first time here's the result of the mushroom war it blew a fucking chunk of the planet out the first time you see it first scene is in season two the real you the first time it's a reference. Hmm. I'm trying to see. Oh, the first time we see. Oh, wait, here it is. The first time the Earth is actually mentioned by name within the series in Son of Mars. 
but it is in the real you in season two, episode 15. Yeah, it's that's that's the first time we see it. Okay. But it's still at this point, like it's it's really still early, like before we know what the fuck's going on. And it's like a little aside thing there. Yeah. Have we gone to Mars before this episode? Um, I want to say so because um, Finn knows about Abraham Lincoln and like views him with reverence, you know? Oh yeah. He's in the animated short. Well, yeah. The, the pilot. Yeah. I, (laughs) I totally forgot about that. Um, he's in business. I mentioned, but this is like his first and only kind of major appearance. Yeah, Crystals Have Power, he's mentioned. Season 2. Um, Return to the Night of Fear. And this is theirs. This is kind of his first real... Yeah. Mm-hmm. First real appearance. <clears throat> and he's the King of Mars, too. They don't call him Abraham Lincoln. They call him the King of Mars. Yeah. And he's the most powerful like being <laughs> in the universe, is what Finn says. Um but he, Finn gets up there and they're about to start the trial. And this is when they're telling us all the crazy shit that Magic Man has done as he's trying to like get in. There's a force field over the trial. Um, and some, some really silly things that happen here. They don't say turn off the lights. They say turn on the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and they uh, they don't have like a TV screen or monitor. They have an overhead projector. <laughs> um, And as this is happening... Abraham Lincoln, um, or King of Mars is explaining it. His voice is so crazy. Yeah. And this is Pendleton Ward doing the voice. Outrageous. I, so you can't even understand some of the lines. It's just so fucked up. The voice he's using. Yeah. I mean, it does really, um, it does make me have to remember and I'm sort of, uh, reckoned with, um, we don't really know probably what Abraham Lincoln sounded like. Like his voice could have been that fucked, right? There's no recording <laughs> of Abraham Lincoln. So like it feels wrong that that's how he would sound, but he could sound like that, right? I guess. I mean, I suppose I always had him as Daniel Day-Lewis's voice in my mind. <laughs> right. I mean, and with good reason. Um, I'm trying to, I'm looking at who voiced Grob, Grob, Glob, and Grod. Um, we got Tom Kenny, Tom Gamble, Mosavian Senor, and Miguel Ferrer. Oh. Um, he does death. Oh, nice. Oh, that guy. Wait, that guy? Yeah. <gasps> That's Albert from Twin Peaks. I had no idea. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know Twin Peaks. Oh, that is cool. He passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad. He um, was in the return of Twin Peaks, the season three, and then uh, slightly after it died. Um, Melissa Viancero, I was saying, was this is like before she got SNL for sure. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um. Anyway. She's got such a interesting voice, and yet it, it's like garbled through like a filter. <laughs> it's like, what's the point of using like... Someone who actually has like a voice like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, it's they're going through all this stuff. Finn is trying to get in. Um, he's Jake is still looks like Magic Man is like, I'm not Magic Man. Please listen to me. Um, and they 
don't. And then they're about to they give him two choices. They're like, all right, magic man, there's two things. We'll hit you with this axe and basically you'll die. You'll go to a death world. Or what's the second one? I watched it twice and there were so many details. They're like going to p- banish him to a planet, which will be shot off into the infinite cosmos. I, like, you, I think they're going to disintegrate him into living stardust. And oh, your yeah. consciousness will be one with the universe or something like yeah. that. Space dust. Yeah. Um, and Jake is sort of into that option. Yeah, he's like, that option I'm into. He's like, but I would miss Finn too much. <laughs> and they and I think uh King of Mars is like, wait, you'd miss somebody? And that's when they're kind of like, wait a minute, this might this is a new development. He actually because that's all they want. All they want is proof that Magic Man can actually they're, care about another person. They're really him. lenient with him, all things considered. <laughs> yeah. They're trying. And uh, he's just making it real hard. But anyway, um, and then that's when Finn. Wa- okay, now Finn comes down and throws a chair at uh, Grob God Glob, blah, blah, and uh, the axe falls into Jake, killing him. Um, and he's mad at King Mars. He's like, King Mars, you're the smartest person like in the universe, and like, how could you not see that that it was? Jake the dog because it after he's killed it turns him back into dog and magic man uh on earth goes from Jake into magic man he goes good as always <laughs> magic man comes out on top um and Finn's got a good point it's like how did they not realize that like it's such a thin veil of a trick right it's like 200 years of like giving him a chance to redeem himself and then the trial is so like <laughs> haphazard and quick yeah. like that and and he still has Jake's voice. Like his voice is different. <laughs> yeah. Um, Suppose that could be a Magic Man trick. It could be. They, um, but Finn also extremely reckless with that chair. Like they, you know what I mean? Yeah, they were on the verge of figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> Finn kind of fucked it all up. Well, in a China shop. Uh, but look, he cares about him. Um, so then they figure it out and. Uh, King of Mars, Abraham Lincoln's like, I gotta go get him. I gotta get him. So he goes to the 37th Dead World. Interesting that at this point in the series, Jake is at level 37 when he dies. Which is pretty high up there, but it's not quite at level 50. Is that where they end up and together again? Yeah, that's the last one, the Nirvana. Yeah, oh right. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, as we've (laughs) talked about, him being pretty high up is makes does make sense because he's always really chill about death. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this was like expressly planned out to be, you know, dropping these very specific details throughout the entire run of the show. So it might have just been like, okay, like, yeah, he gets to 50 eventually, but there's no real pacing of that. Because it seems like a whole 13 dead worlds, like over the course of, with the next six seasons is a lot of character development. And we see, we see that a little bit, but uh, as far as character development, Finn travels a much greater distance than Jake. Um, so if, if Jake is only at 37 at this point, I mean, it seems like the, the, uh, the timeline is a little bit malleable, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I mean, he's, he's up there. 37 is pretty high. Yeah. I feel, um, where does, where does Finn go in together again? Where does he default to? Do you remember what number? I can actually have that up right here about some of the different dead worlds and like uh, 37. 
first ad. Unknown. Hold on, let me pull up together again. Um, uh, is it as high as thirty-seven? I don't think so. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I thought lower. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a detail that I I think that they would have had really planned out, but it's interesting to make a note of it. I guess it's hard. I think he he goes into the dead world never and storms the gates. Like it's not, it doesn't really. I don't know if tell you if he what dead world he starts in. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess I maybe the. I forget what happens, but does he not wind up at whatever default dead world he's supposed to be at? Because then he takes the uh, the device that allows him to travel through, and then he just like busts through a bunch looking for Jake. Yeah, it's it's like convoluted. Like he kind of like does some weird <laughs> shit. Yeah. Okay. So we don't really know what what level Finn would have been at when he died. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the point. Okay. Okay. I want I want there to be a nice clean like plan all the way through, but I I I don't think this is a show that really had that or needed it. Mm-hmm. Like Steven Universe, for example, I know that was like very planned out, uh, but this show seems a little bit more. Let's just you know try a f- few things and see what works. <laughs> yeah, and they made good use of it. Yeah, of the effort. Um, but yeah, he goes down there and he gets Jake really cute who's coming back up and he sees death and he's like, you have to pay me. And he's going to give him a, a penny. That's like smiling. There's some significance to this. I, I don't know what it is though. Yeah. Cause I guess it's him. And they're like, he's like, not this time. He's like, and then he, without even any bargaining, he just goes fine. I'll give you my immortality, which is a, a huge thing to just give over like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says, fine. And he comes back up and they come up and Jake's alive and Finn's happy. But now where um, the King of Mars was is just like a huge dirt statue or something. Well, it's the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, it's Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I think it's actually made out of like the marble or whatever. The Lincoln yeah. Memorial is. Which is weird. I guess since he's not immortal, then that when he would have died throws him into the the normal timeline. So he died long ago. But then, but then the guy who was maybe that's kind of how I took it. But then when they come back, like grab glob, all them are like, we just lost like our best friend or something. And like, they're upset. So like, if that altered the timeline of Abraham Lincoln, he, he died a long time ago. They shouldn't be that upset about it, but they are because they just lived through. I guess that would make sense. Because I don't know. Th- that's where time travel starts to get really <laughs> fucked. You know. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting to think about that the Lincoln Memorial is some out of time artifact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I I, su- I suppose that once the Mushroom Wars happened, they they took it back off of Earth and put it on Mars or something like that. They rescued it. Yeah, theoretically, that would make sense. Uh, but Finn and Jake, they're, they're bad. Oh, we also found, I guess I didn't, I missed this, but like, was it Glob who calls Magic Man their brother? Yeah, I think that, yeah. Yeah, which like, I forgot that was part of it. Yeah, I don't know how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> they don't look like they're related. <laughs> um, but Finn and Jake are, 
they don't really mourn the loss of the King of Mars. They're more just concerned with getting the fuck back home. Yeah. Uh, which you can blame them. And they get back and Magic Man's there and they punch Magic Man. And then immediately uh, Jake or no, Finn breaks open the manticore, right? In the bottle. Yeah. And says, you're free. And he says, like, I didn't need your pit- pity. Pity help. Pity help. Yeah. And he flies off, and now being free, the manacore is sort of reflecting on, you know, how hurt. Oh, here it is. They they wrote it down. Um, I am the true coward, hiding from sincere expressions like a vampire in the nude who hides from the light. Thank you, brave hero. I was freed from bottle jail, but my new prison is shame. My new prison is shame. <laughs> it's flying off. And Jake's and Finn's like, what is he saying? And Jake says, his uh, his new prison is shame. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. And it ends. Yeah. Who voices the tiny manticore? Oh, Tom Kenny. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Tom Kenny in this episode. I mean, his face is shaped like a heart. And he's a just the way they even drew the tiny manticore is pretty tragic. <laughs> um I he has some sort of story. I forget. He comes back. Somehow came to be trapped in a bottle in Magic Man's house. (laughs) I mean, Magic Man would do that. I was surprised that, like, I don't know, flying back down there, yeah, they're going to kick Magic Man. But I'm like, all right, I need to get the fuck away from Magic Man. Like, at that point, because you're like, they both know now, like, the terrible things he's done. That he just tried to basically sentence Jake to death. (laughs) Like... I don't know. I'd be like, I before leaving, I might have gone to Glob and been like, "Come with me and like get the real Magic Man because get him out of my fucking universe," you know? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand their relationship with him. He has some sort of redemption arc, but I don't. He does. I I, for, I honestly forget at this <laughs> moment what the fuck it is, but. In this moment, I don't necessarily, I don't feel for him, but, um, <laughs> fuck, but I hear you. Fuck magic, man. Fuck, yeah, but like, there's a lot. I mean, when I see, I mean, he's the thing about him is he's a rapscallion, <laughs> in like the <laughs> highest order of the highest order. Um, I mean, look at that top hat, <laughs> a jerk of earth. Yeah, I mean, the dude's fucking insano, man, insano mode. Um. Yeah, fucking, I don't know. Magic man. Eric, did you see the snail? Yes, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> lo- really, is it? <laughs> I was looking. The thing, I, the, the quotes, and my mind was racing again, so I was like writing things down because I was like, "Oh, I want to remember that." It was, it was pretty. Uh, this was not a difficult one. Where was it? <laughs> uh, I th- think it was like in the dirt in Magic Man's house, like right after they crash. Oh, uh, I was, in. I was looking around his house, <clears throat> but I must have just missed the entrance. Sorry. I just prioritize my my thoughts and notes for the discussion over finding him, which comes back to bite me every time. 
All right, we'll play my theme song. One second, one second, I'm sorry. Congratulations! All right. Miscellany Mania? Yes, please. You know, um, so you referenced this, Eric, but um, storyboarded um, by Jesse Moynihan and Akka Suera, and the story by just like a murderer's row, Patrick McHale, Ken Osborne, Pendleton Ward, Doug Tennaple, and Jesse Moynihan. Um, And yeah, I mean, classic Jesse Moynihan, you know, it sounds like I was I was listening to an interview with him that he had a lot to do with the. I don't know if he did all the Magic Man episodes, but he he that was a Jesse Moynihan character, right? Yeah, I think he said that of all his contributions, the Magic Man arc was what he was most proud of and most invested in. Yeah, I've I've heard him say that too, like especially as they got deeper in like season five and six, where it's just like getting crazy and there's so many stuff like he told he's I, I remember hearing him say that he uh like had a lot to like he really pushed the magic man arc far and put a lot of his ideas into it and was like had a lot to say and he said it um as magic man goes on so i am i'm excited we've been doing so much uh so many jesse Moynihan episodes recently like um it will be fun to dive deeper into the Magic Man arc, especially since like he does some of our favorite stuff and it's important to him. So, yeah, let me see if I can find what he says on his blog about this episode. Oh, so apparently this episode was conceived as something of a two-part episode with Ghost Princess, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because the two episodes now have nothing to do with each other. They were split off into two entirely different plots, but they were conceived to be part of the same storyline, which is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. That's some good miscellaneous mania. Um, he said there's a lot of autobiographical stuff to put into this episode, but nobody would recognize them except for his brother. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and he didn't say what they are, so no one else will ever know. <laughs> I'm even trying to think about like what could even be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like pieces of dialogue, like when they were, you know, like walking down the uh Finn and Jake. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll never know. Maybe we should get his brother on the podcast to divulge yeah. what the details are. Yeah, I mean, look, here's some stuff here that I can that I can say. As you want to keep pulling that up, and I'll hit you with some new stuff. Quick, quick sure, facts. That's all I got from his blog. Okay, this is the first appearance of Grob, Gob, Glob, and Grod, um, even though their names have been mentioned. Um, 
yeah, first time we're seeing Abraham Lincoln, a.k.a. the King of Mars. This is the first episode where a character physically leaves the land of Vu. Hmm. Like go so goes into space. So we've seen Earth in an earlier episode in season two, but this is the first time like an a character is like, all right, I'm rocketing into space. Yeah. Um so this I was I was wondering who De- uh Doug Ten Naple was. This is the only produced episode to have been written by Doug Ten Naple. Um he storyboarded the Gloriers in season one. Um but um, it was scrapped during the production. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about the the voices of Glob, Gob, Grob, and Grod. Uh-huh. Uh, Pendleton Ward, <laughs> this is ridiculous. He originally wanted... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he originally wanted uh, four different bills to be the voices and here are the bills that he wanted (laughs) and it's obvious why he didn't get them bill nye bill murray okay bill clinton (laughs) and bill cosby oh my god i i mean it's a good idea (laughs) wow um Wow. This, this was 2002 production in 2011. Or sorry, 2012 production in 2011. Yeah. Um another, you know, this is in in here um there which we didn't get into um but this is in the trivia section but I I noticed this and I want I meant to bring this up is Abraham Lincoln gives up his immortality and then Jake is zooming back to the current reality um like out of the death world and as that's happening you hear a gunshot did you notice that oh yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah and and then you come out and that's why i was like oh god is abraham looking like, dead and you see grab 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 uh all like shocked but then it appears that the gunshot didn't happen just then because the statue's there but that's why I also I think it implanted in my mind was the uh, the timeline thing. Like, did John Wilkes Booth get him? There's some there's some wonky time stuff happening. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. I don't know. This is a packed episode. That's like just so great. Okay. I mean, here's another thing that we missed before. Um. After seeing Jake turn into back into a dog, um. Grob, 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 and grob say look it's the dog the one you were prophesized to meet <laughs> that's like is this part of like and look they're saying the prophecy is likely um the petroglyphs that we see in the title card of the episode which i did see in the title card there's like um you know those hieroglyphics or petroglyphs is called where and you see jake's a part of it um but it contains symbols of Earth, Magic Man, the Martian Transporter, Jake, Grob, 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 and Grob, Abraham Lincoln, and some other symbol which resembles a hand. So it must have been a prophecy from somewhere that Jake the dog would meet the King of Mars with Magic Man and all this, and this would happen. There's there's a lot about this Martian kingdom, this Martian society 
that is just left to the unknown. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, here's another thing. Um, in the title card, right? So there's all those characters appear. There's also, you know, they're connected by lines. Um, there's seven images connected by lines. The first um, is a representation of the solar system with only five planets, then a line between Mars and an image of Magic Man, and one between Earth and an image of Finn using the Martian transporter. Um, under that is a Magic Man and Finn is Jake meditating. To the right is Jake is the King of Mars. To the left is God by God and God. And um, the bottom seems to be a hand. Um, so it's like a very, I don't know. I, it's, I like how they use the title card and like it works its way back into the episode. Um, you know, this is a good um, little note. I, you, you do notice that everyone on Mars kind of has like a magic man like hat on. And they're saying, they're, th- they're thinking that due to the magic man prank with the hair and now they're all bald. Oh, yeah. That's why they all wear hats now, yeah. <laughs> which kind of checks out. Yeah. This episode was dense. Oh yeah. There's a lot in there. I could have watched this one three times, maybe more. Cool. Great episode discussion and trivia. Let's uh, pick an episode for next week. Let's uh, do some Did You See the Mail first. Oh, okay. Mail. Mail. So we got a follow-up email from a friend, Tyler P. Yeah. And we we was that last episode we read Tyler's email? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah. We wanted to know what bands he's in because he's in some pop punk bands in the Philly area. Yeah. Uh so shout out to Midfield and Sucker Punch. Yeah, and Tyler was nice and said he wasn't gonna try to throw a plug in there, which we appreciate. It's a good move. I like knowing that a fellow musician is listening. I like the the approach of not spamming us, <laughs> um, which is nice. But yeah, Midfield and Sucker Punch. Let's go check him out. Yeah. Uh, he also says in his email, P.S. My favorite song you guys play on the show is when only Eric sees the snail. It hits so fucking hard. Well, we played that one earlier today. Hey, thank and, you for that. Yeah, Nick, that's your song. I know. It's one of the few songs <laughs> I've done. I wonder if I wonder if Tyler likes it because we play it so much because you're always <laughs> seeing it. So it just like is in his head now. <laughs> it's uh, It's a good one. Yeah, I like he he says he spent he got drunk with his wife and watched like a shitload of holophonics videos on YouTube. I can recommend and corroborate with uh, Tyler and his wife. Good time to be had (laughs) deep diving the holophonics YouTube channel. Go do it. We have a lot of YouTube videos. A lot of them are pretty shitty. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it fun. There's a journey to be had there. Um, If you want, like we love hearing from folks on the email Hit us at did you see the mail at gmail.com or send us uh, a DM on Instagram. I think email is really probably the best way to get a swift response from us. I should probably go check like like uh, Instagram has a habit sometimes of like f- like filtering your uh, the messages into like a different spot. One time I missed like a really nice message from somebody. Um, so hit us on the email. Yeah, and that's usually a good place for us to be able to read it on air as well. Well, all right. So you want to pick the episode for next week, which is going to be tomorrow morning. (laughs) 
Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? One ninety four. You forgot your floaties. <laughs> Another Jesse Moynihan. So what is that? Season six, episode thirty eight. You forgot your floaties, dude. It's another magic, dude. The synopsis: Finn and Jake storm Magic Man's house to rescue his new apprentice. Holy shit! <laughs> I can't wait to watch it now. This might actually make sense. Two episodes in a row. They're connected logically. Well, I, th- I think a lot of shit probably happens to Magic Man in between that we're going to miss. But all right, you forgot your floaties. Tomorrow morning, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're, and we're working on a guest. So, yeah, it's Friday night here in Brooklyn. We're doing this episode on a, a weird schedule, and I'm about to go on tour. So, we're going to record our next episode in quick succession. So we can uh, make sure we don't get a whole bunch of uh, of dead dead weeks in a row. So it'll be fun. I wonder if we could do an episode while I'm on the road. That would be very fun to do or to try to do. Yeah, I'm. I wasn't going to bring my computer, but now I think I am. So maybe we can try. Cool. <laughs> uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, anchor dot fm slash adventure guys podcast, you can give us some money. A uh, dollar. It's a month, right? dollar a month yep. would be like very tight um you can give us five dollars a month that would be even tighter um thank you for all the folks that have been doing it it's really sweet um giving us five stars on uh the spotify mobile app is possible now and i think that's been helping us show up in search so please do that please uh five stars on apple Podcasts. um that shit is helping us and helping new people find the episode lots of people are finding Adventure Guys episode one. Uh, yeah, that's been getting a lot of plays recently. Um, which, I hope that if people are playing that episode, that they stick with it to get to this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it, cool to be like over a year and change on and people are still finding that first episode. I'm glad the first episode was good, by the way. Um, so if you've, if you've made it through like Tyler, welcome. It, welcome to the present. Uh, or... Well, I mean, shit, we're going to be putting out hundreds of episodes, so maybe welcome to the quarter. I don't know what the, whatever, you know. Yeah. This was what? Episode 75? Yeah. So we have 200 and a lot left. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're it's going to go past 300 because there's going to be more sidetracks. And- you, you know, so, okay. So when we did, did the Jeff interview, here's our Jeff Rince. Uh, that was episode 66. And when, when Jeff asked us what number episode it was going to be, I think he was a little bit surprised (laughs) that we had made it all the way to 66 already. Yeah. Because he said that he hated doing his podcast (laughs) the the longer it went on, but, uh, back to the Island got into what, like the one twenties, one thirties, maybe I think they ran out of lost episodes around one twenty. Right. Um, but that was over the course of many years. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 moving. We've been doing this for a year and a half, not even. Not even. 
And uh, we've been pretty consistent. Yeah. We're doing good on our ep count. We're building a catalog. Um, yeah, stick with us. Tell a friend. Let's keep it. Let's keep this machine growing. Uh, thank you, guys. All right. Peace out, y'all. Peace. <laughs>